you've been with Jesus lately. Let's just read verse number one down through verse number 22. We'll just read the whole chapter there, I guess. No, not quite the whole chapter, but a lot of it. The Bible says there in Acts chapter four, verse number one, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the, of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest, and Cephas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power and by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Amen. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a noble miracle had been done by them as manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us strictly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all the men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle healing was showed. Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning to be able to be in church again. We love these people. We're thankful for them, each and every one that's listening. I pray that you'd touch their hearts with this message today. I just pray, Heavenly Father, you'd bless the pastor here as he labors uh, day in and day out, as he studies and as he preaches and teaches the word of God. I pray for the other preachers that are in this congregation. I pray, God, you'd use them as you see fit to use them and wherever you see fit to use them. I pray, Heavenly Father, you'd speak to people's hearts about salvation. We like to hear about people being saved. I pray that you'd touch people's hearts, that we might all want a closer walk with you. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The Sanhedrin were the Supreme Court of the Jews in those days, but they were unspeakably corrupt. They had passed on through offices to the family regardless of their qualifications. They were money hungry, they were power hungry, and very hypocritical. These also are the ones who had Jesus crucified, and now the apostles are preaching that he's alive. The Sanhedrin were threatened. If you can imagine, they crucified the Lord. They saw him put in the tomb. They saw the tomb secured as best they possibly could. And then Peter and John are coming to the streets saying that Jesus Christ is alive and well. You can imagine the fear that, that, uh, that they were threatened with. 
And because of that, they declared war on Christianity. I want to say that Christianity has been at warfare ever since that day. I believe that today we are facing a warfare like we probably never have in my lifetime. And probably will get worse unless Jesus comes before he allows it to get any worse than what it is. This is the first persecution of the apostles. They were jailed. Later they would suffer many beatings and executions and some would be killed for their faith in the Lord. I want us to look there in the middle of this story, a statement that's made that we can't pass up. Verse number 13, the last couple of phrases there. The Bible said in verse number 13, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now, can people take knowledge of you today that you've been with Jesus? In the middle of this story, we see that they had been with him for three years. They had walked with him. They had talked with him. They had learned from him for three years. How long have you been with Jesus? Now, you may say, well, Brother Danny, I'm not even saved, so I haven't been with Jesus at all. Well, I say today is the day of salvation, is what the Bible says. Amen. And so today you need to be saved, all right? Don't put it off. You say, well, I'm young or I'm healthy. Nothing's going to happen to me. We don't know what today's going to bring. And the Bible says we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So you need to get saved today when God touches your heart. But Christian, how long have you been with Jesus? Some of you 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Maybe some just been saved for a few months. How long have you been with Jesus? How long have you walked with him? How long have you talked with him? I thought about the old song, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Have a little talk with Jesus makes it right. You see, we need to talk to him. How long have you been learning from him? The disciples saw him heal people. Many others saw him heal people. And many who were healed saw for the first time in their lives. Can you imagine being blind, maybe born blind, and, and Jesus comes your way. And when he comes your way, he, he reaches out and he touches you. Or maybe he just speaks the word. And all of a sudden, your eyes begin to see. You see the sunshine for the first time. You see your mama for the first time. You see your spouse for the first time. Just imagine what it would be like. Not only did he heal the blind people, but those who were deaf and couldn't hear. The lame man, like in our text this morning. And how about Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha? The Bible said he'd been dead four days. And Jesus walked up to that tomb and, and told them, roll you away the stone. And they rolled the stone away. When they rolled that stone away, the Bible says that Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible said he came forth and Jesus said, loose him because he had his grave clothes on. He said, loose him and let him go. You see the miracles that Jesus performed. They'd seen all of this. They had heard the sermon on the mount. They had, they had took his rebukes and learned from those rebukes. They felt his comfort when they were scared. They saw the crucifixion from a distance in a deep way. That day they died also because their hopes died and their dreams died because their leader had been crucified. Peter and John had a foot race to the tomb when they, when they heard he was alive. Peter talked big, but John did his talking on his feet. John outran Peter as he ran into the tomb. And having been with Jesus, they would never be the same. I think we ought to be able to say the same thing for you and I. Yes. Having been with Jesus, we should be different than we've ever been before. Yes. If you haven't been with Jesus, you need, to, you need to be with him today. I believe that it can be said of you or me today. Do others take knowledge and marvel and know that you must have been with Jesus? People say we become like those that we're around. I hear people say that a man can become uh, like his dog. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Uh, the dog that I had died three months after my wife did. And, uh, but he got to where he was deaf. He couldn't hear, but I'd give him hand signals. I don't know. It probably wasn't really good to do, but I had to do something to get his attention. Want him to come to me, I'd just go like this here. Want him to get back, I'd go like that there. If I wanted him outside, I'd just go open the door and point to the door. And outside, he'd go. 
So maybe we are more like our dog. I don't know. People say if a man and a wife were married very long, they could read each other's mind. And that's a frightening thought to me. To think that a wife can read the mind of her husband. That's frightening. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible says, But we all with open face, beholding as a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. Every day the child of God looks into the Word of God. He has intimate fellowship with the Son of God. He's changed by the Spirit of God into the glory of God in the likeness of Jesus Christ. But can people tell that you've been with Jesus? I mean, we know that you've been with Jesus. A lot of us do because we hear your testimonies and we hear your singing and so forth. But how about out on the street? Can people tell that you've been with Jesus? Being with Jesus will change the way you talk. Man had a had a, a pair of mules and every morning he'd go to the field to plow for corn and he'd get up in the morning and he'd take, take feed to the mules and feed them and then he'd go back and eat breakfast. Then he'd go back out and Get, put, put the harness on the mules. Then after that, he'd take them out to the field and he'd plow. Well, this man wasn't a Christian and the old mules, you know how a mule is, ornery and stubborn and so forth. And so they get to acting up and he'd get to cussing them out. Boy, he, I mean, he'd give them a cussing like you wouldn't believe. And then he had a whip. And if the cussing didn't work, he began to beat them. And so uh, he did that day after day after day. But he always went to church on Easter Sunday morning. And so Easter Sunday morning, he got up and he went out and he fed the mules and, and they didn't have to work that day. They got one holiday a year, Easter Sunday morning. And after that, he went and ate breakfast and he went to church with his wife and his kids. He got the buggy out, put the horse, hooked the horses to him and they went to church. And when he was sitting there in church, he wondered, how long is this going to last? That preacher's preaching a long time. How long is it going to last? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of him. And as the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of him, he began to realize, I need to do something about this. Yeah. I've cursed too long. I've denied God too long. I've rejected God too long. And so what he did was he, he went to the altar and got saved. Well, that was Sunday. Monday he gets up and he goes and he feeds his mules again, comes back in, eats breakfast, goes back out, puts a harness on the mules, takes them down to the field, and he works till noon. At noon, the wife goes out and rings the dinner bell. Now, I don't know if you know what that is or not, but my mom, that's how she used to get our attention when we was out in the field. She had the old dinner bell. Four rings meant it was time to eat. Any more than four rings, you better get to the house. There was emergencies going on. So he heard the dinner bell. And he put the mules up and fed them again and went in. And she said, honey, how things go today? He said, to be honest with you, those mules didn't understand one word I said. <laughs> Being Jesus will change your talk. Amen. Being with Jesus will change your dress. Amen. The other day I went to town. I had a, on the 14th of last month, I was up in Springfield and a guy clipped me, told my car out. And so I was in town getting the license off of it and, you know, taking everything out of it, you know. Uh, I didn't realize I had that much junk in there. But anyway, I got it all out. And then I decided, you know, I don't feel like fixing supper tonight. I'm just going to get a restaurant and eat. So I went in there, sat down, and ordered my food, and I ate it. On the way out, there was about four or five women coming in, and I just held the door for them. The first two were dressed pretty properly, kind of modestly. The third one, I want to put this very carefully, okay? She was real top-heavy. <laughs> Had she stopped, she'd have fell on her face. <laughs> and the clothes were just straining to hold everything in, okay? I'm going to stop right there. Not going any further with it. 
guy behind me, the old women come in and, and uh, I guess they got a seat to sit down there to eat. And anyway, the guy behind me said, boy, she needs some clothes on, doesn't she? I said, yeah, she really does. <laughs> Being with Jesus will change how you dress. Amen. Will change how you dress. Being with Jesus will change how you act. Yes. Being with Jesus will change how you spend your money. Yeah. Being with Jesus will change what you drink. Yeah. Being with Jesus will change what you watch. Yeah. Being with Jesus will change what you spend. Yeah. And what kind of time you spend for the Lord. Yeah. All of that will change when you be with Jesus. Being with Jesus will change your love. Yeah. Having been with Jesus, you'll love the people of God. Yeah. That's right. You'll love the Word of God. Yeah. You'll love the things of God. Yeah. What's important to Him is now going to be important to you. Yeah. You love what He loves. You'll love His church. Yeah. Brother Ari Hilsey one time had a woman come up to him and said, Brother Pastor, I'd like for you to baptize me. I've never been baptized yet. And she was very unfaithful to the house of God. And so he says, well, he says, I want to talk to you about your church attendance. He says, that's not a good testimony not to attend the house of God. Yeah. And so she said, well, I'm just not very high on the church. She said, I love the Lord, but I'm not very high on the church. <laughs> he said, listen, you can't separate the two. Amen. Jesus Christ died for the church, folks. Amen. He died for the church. You'll love his church. You'll love his people. I remember before I was saved, although everybody was a hypocrite. That Sunday night, I went to the altar and got saved. I got up. I didn't see a hypocrite one. <laughs> but before I got saved, everybody was a hypocrite. Yeah. Didn't matter who it was. You love his church, his people. You love his word. Amen. The word of God. We have it right here. Yeah. Brother Red nailed it in Sunday school this morning. Amen. Amen. Churches are dead and dying. Ichabod wrote above the door because they do not have the word of God. Amen. You'll love the unsaved. So I'm saying being with Jesus will change you. It'll change your love. It'll change your loyalty. Look at verses 13 through 20. The Bible said, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And behold, the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For in that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we could not deny it. But that is spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Their loyalty is put to the test. And they pass the test. Did you know that our loyalty is put to the test each and every day? Each and every hour? Whether we're loyal to God or not and whether we'll do what's right? Remember this phrase. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Think about that. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Verse number 19, they ask there in that scripture, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. And then what does it say in Acts 5, verse 29? Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. The day is fast approaching, folks. I believe in America, we may have to resort to civil disobedience. 
James chapter 4 and verse 17 says, Therefore to him to knoweth it do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Yeah. Go back to the beginning of verse uh, 13. says that they were unlearned and ignorant. That doesn't mean that they were stupid. Right. But rather in the eyes of the Sanhedrin, they had been educated in the accredited schools of that day. They were unlearned. They didn't have PhD after their, their name. They didn't have doctor after their name. In the eyes of the Sanhedrin, they had not been educated in the right places. In theology, I could become a doctor of divinity, which would be a DD. Well, my name is Danny Dean Douglas. I'd be a DDD DD. There was a guy by the name of Twiddle. He was going to school. He decided he didn't want a doctor of divinity degree. He didn't want to be Twiddle DD. So, you know, you put anything at the end of your name, it doesn't help you a bit, all right? <laughs> put all the initials there you want to put. But notice there in verse number 15. When they had commanded them to go outside the council, they conferred among themselves. You realize what that said? The Sanhedrin conferred among themselves. Can you say business meeting? <laughs> Can you say conference? Poor old Peter and John, they shoved them aside. Get out of here. We don't need you right now. Go out, go out the door. Get out of here. I've got to believe that the devil is having some special called meetings right now. Conference meetings among for himself and his demons. Special called business meetings. What do we do about Liberty Faith Church? They believe in salvation by the blood. What are we going to do about them? They, they believe that you're saved by grace through faith, not in your works, lest any man should boast. What are we going to do with that church? I mean, they believe in prayer. We can't fight prayer. What are we going to do with that church up there? I mean, you know, what are we going to do with it? Well, they didn't have no answer. Their concern of verse 17 is that they do not spread the gospel any further, but they spread no further among the people that it straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. So they threatened Peter and John, don't you go out there and you preach. Don't you go out there and teach in the name of Jesus Christ. See, the devil doesn't mind what's going on in here as long as we don't take it out there. Right. He won't oppose us killing a fire in here as long as he can succeed at dousing the fire as we go out the door. He don't care for the salt of the earth in here as long as we keep the salt in the shaker where we're no real threat to him. He doesn't care for the light of the world as long as we hide it under a bushel. And when he do that, he considers a bunch of hay seeds, lights in a room full of lights. So Sanhedrin decided to threaten and intimidate Peter. Let's just scare them. Let's just frighten them into keeping their mouths shut. So they outlawed soul winning. Much like today, it's hate speech to repeat what the Bible says about sodomy. On Facebook a couple of weeks ago, I put devotions on there every week. And on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, I put a devotion on and titled it, Is it okay to be gay? Of course, the answer was no. That's a short answer to it. But then I began to bring scripture in about its abomination unto God and so forth. That devotion would be called hate speech. Okay? We may see a day when they will not allow you and I, by law, to go out and tell people about Jesus. Don't go out and tell people about the Lord. That's what they told these men here. Keep your mouth shut. Go up and down the street all you want, but don't say nothing about Jesus. Now, let me ask you something. Verse 17 and 18. The Bible says that, but it is spread no further among the people that are strictly or straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. 
And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Would that bother you if a law was passed saying that today? Yes. Would you go ahead and break the law? Yes. Or would you say, well, I'm sorry, Pastor, I can't talk to anybody about Jesus. I got a neighbor that's lost, but I can't go to his house, knock on his door and talk to him about Jesus. He might turn me in. Just think about it. Would that bother you if it happened here? Would you be able to come back next week and say, well, I broke the law again. I broke the law. I told somebody about Jesus. Some people say they love Jesus, say they say that they're loyal to him, but they never talk about him. Yeah. Did you know it's human nature for, to want to talk about people that are important to us? Amen. How important is Jesus to you? Before you leave, ask one of these grandmothers about their grandchildren. That is, if you've got an extra hour to hang around here. <laughs> They're important to grandma. Amen. And she will keep you informed. I remember one time I had a lady said, have I showed you the picture of my grandchildren? I said, no, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, I don't know how many grandchildren she had, but I wasn't interested in looking at their pictures, okay? <laughs> I had a friend that moved away, and he fell in love. And it's it all he talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he'd call you on the phone and tell you all about her. But one day I met her. <laughs> There's two ugly women in this world. She was both of them. <laughs> As a matter of fact, she'd make a train take a dirt road. <laughs> but he loved her. You know how I know? He talked about nothing else. Now, when Myra and I were young, believe it or not, these young people don't believe that we was ever young, but... <laughs> I married her when she was 16 and I was 18. I remember working on the farm there with dad. Dad said I wasn't worth a dime until the mail came. Because <laughs> every day she wrote me a letter. Now, I wasn't that, that good at writing letters. She might get one a week if she was lucky. <laughs> every day she wrote a letter. Dad said, you might as well just sit down until the mail gets here. <laughs> read your letter. After you read your letter, we'll go work. <laughs> she was all I talked about. When I saw her the first time at, at teen camp, I asked Brother Oscar Cunningham who she was. He told me. I said, Brother Oscar, you're going to be marrying us in a few years. He looked at me like, who in the world are you? <laughs> he didn't say nothing the day he married us. I, I know he had to remember that. <laughs> and I didn't say anything either. <laughs> but you talk about things that you love. You love your children, you talk about them. If you don't believe it, go on Facebook. Amen. Some little boy makes contact with the ball. <laughs> 55 pictures. Huh? It's all i ever seen. My little grand does, grandson does something good. I've got no more than one grandson, great-grandson, but they do something good. Boy, mom was clicking that thing, I mean, putting it on Facebook. She wants me to comment on all of them. <laughs> I took a picture of him the other day, school picture. I said, he's good looking like he's great grandpa. <laughs> I'm not for sure she liked that one or not, but anyway. <laughs> but you love 
You talk about people that you love. Okay? Being with Jesus will change your love, your loyalty. You want to think about Him. You want to learn about Him. You want to talk about Him. Being with Jesus will change your life. Amen. Don't think, don't have the idea you can meet Jesus and not affect your very lifestyle. It's foreign to what the Bible teaches. Amen. The scripture makes two things perfectly clear. Number one, you don't change your life in order to be saved. Amen. You can do all the good you want to do and you're just as lost as a goose. Amen. Number two, if you're truly saved, you will want your life to change. Amen. You won't fight the change that God makes in your life. Remember Grandma Kelly, one time she got sick. My mom said, Mom, she said, you need to go to the doctor. Grandma said, I've got to get better before I go to the doctor. I'm too sick to go to the doctor. That's what a lot of people think about their, their sin. I've got to straighten up before I can get saved. No, you get saved and God will straighten you up. Okay. If you're sick, go to the doctor and then you'll get well. If you read to the Bible this year, you won't have to tell people they'll know. They'll know you've been with Jesus. Man got on the elevator one time, and when he got on the elevator, of course, the doors closed. They're pretty close in there, quite a few people in there. He could just barely squeeze in. One lady from the back said, somebody's deodorant is failing. He said, it's not mine. I don't have any on. <laughs> if, if we have Jesus, it will affect your spiritual aroma. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You get that new Christian smell. People will know that you've been with Jesus. You have to tell people you've been saved. They'll see that you're different. 2 Corinthians 2.14. The Bible says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are a sweet savor unto Christ, of Christ, and them that are saved, and them that perish. To the ones we are the savor, savor of death, uh, uh, death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life, and who is sufficient for these things. Ecclesiastes 10, verse number 1. The Bible says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. The apothecary was where they mixed the different ingredients for the anointing oil. Okay? Imagine flies getting in there. My wife had a nose of a bloodhound. She, I walked in the house one day. She said, we got a dead mouse. I thought, oh, mom. I said, where's it at? Well, she said, I think it's out in the garage. <laughs> so look behind the washer. Look behind the dryer. Look behind the table where the soap is sitting on it. Look under the clothes baskets. We looked everywhere. I thought, I bet it's under one of them freezers that's full of meat. I looked under the freezers. We finally found it. Dead mouse. One little old dead mouse. And she could smell it. Now, I couldn't smell it. There'd been 10 of them. But she smelled it. The Bible wants us to have an aroma that's sweet in the, in the nostrils of God. And I think if it's sweet in the nostrils of God, people's going to notice it. People's going to realize we've been with Jesus. If we've truly been with Jesus, we won't have to wear a sign to tell people. We won't have to take out an ad in the paper. The change in our life will be a neon sign. Flashing. It'll make people take knowledge that we've been with Jesus. H.A. Arnside, pastor of the Moody Church in Chicago. 
He had to deal with a well-known atheist one day trying to contradict the Bible. The atheist challenged him to a public debate. Dr. Arnside said, I'll agree to debate to you on one condition. I'll bring 300 people that will testify that their lives are better because of Jesus. You bring 300 people that testify that their lives are worse because of Jesus. The atheist said, I can't do that. Brother Arnside said, well, how about 200? No, no, I can't do that either. Well, what about 100? No, I can't do that either. What about 50? No, 25? No. Well, the debate didn't, didn't take place. Everyone is better for spending time with Jesus. Amen. John 10, 10 says, I'm come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Now, how do you smell this morning? Huh? You say, well, I put cologne on. I'm not talking about that kind of smell. How do you smell? Yeah. Is there a fragrance about you? How do you smell this morning? Smell this morning? How's your aroma? Have you been with Jesus in prayer? Do you pray every day? Sometimes I'll wake up and lay there a little bit. I'll pray before I ever get out of bed. Because yeah. if I get out of bed, I'll forget to pray. <laughs> so I'll pray while I'm laying in bed. Do you... Do you have daily Bible reading and Bible study? Do you meditate on what you read or you just read it as fast as you can and shut the Bible up and walk off? Meditate on it. How about church? Do you go to church regularly? Now, there's rocks outside. You can stone me when I get out of here if you want to. But that's important. It's important to come to the house of God. I realize people get sick. I realize that things happen. You can't get here. You know, ice is a foot thick. Nobody expects you to come to church. Expect a preacher to come and nobody else. <laughs> I'm just simply saying, have you been with Jesus? Yes. This Sanhedrin knew these two men had been with Jesus. Yeah. They didn't have to ask them. They could tell they'd been with Jesus. There's people here I know that that's with Jesus every day. I know they pray and I know they read their Bible. I know they love the Lord. I can tell by the life that they live. I can tell by what, how they treat people and how they uh, love other individuals. The song says, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Maybe you're online listening today and you say, Brother Danny, I'm not saved. I've never called upon the name of the Lord for salvation. You need to do that right now. Don't wait another minute. Do it right now. And Christian, have you been with Jesus? You know, when I, when I study the word of God, and I, I pray as I study God's word. And the word of God cleanses us. And I, I just mentioned that song, have you been with Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? The Word of God has an, a, a cleansing effect on us. You read it and you'll say, man, I need to do different than what I've been doing in that area. And so you'll change what you're doing. And you'll get clean and you'll feel clean. I had a little great-grandson, the oldest one I've got. He called me the other day. He said, Papa, he said, I got saved today at church. Amen. I nearly just started bawling. I said, you did? He said, yeah. I said, somebody pray with you? He said, no, I was in Sunday school. 
I realized I need to be saved. He said, I just prayed myself. And his mama said when he came out of Sunday school, the first thing he did was run to her and said, Mama, I got saved a while ago. She said, how you know, son? He said, I feel all clean inside. Amen. Feel all clean inside. Amen. He's about eight years old. Maybe you're eight years old. Maybe you're 80 years old. Or somewhere in between. And you need to be saved. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Get saved today. Let's stand, if you will, this morning. Appreciate your good attention listening to the Word of God. Let's go to God in prayer. Listen, you can pray right where you're at this morning. Pray that God would save you. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today realizing, God, we can do nothing to save ourselves. We might as well try to lift ourselves by our bootstraps just to save ourselves. I pray, Heavenly Father, today you'd search every heart that's here, everyone that's listening online, everyone that'll hear this message. God, did it be a message that would touch their hearts? Have they been with Jesus? Have they been with Jesus? May you touch them today. May you save the lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.